Hello and welcome back to the Stable of Studs Wrestling Podcast. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me are my co-hosts. We got Jimothy James Dean, the Submaster. How you doing, man? Yeah, and then we got Tanner Treadway. Hi. Why? Oh, God. I'm just excited. Oh. Can I be excited? Oh, you're excited? Yeah. So you yell out why? I said hi. Oh, hi. Okay. And then, of course, we got... <laughs> anyway. Uh, we got Adam Danger. Adam effing Danger. How you doing, man? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, and then, of course, last but definitely not least, because that's Tanner, we got Mailman Mike. Mailman, how you doing? Hello, and sal- greetings and salutations, everyone. It is I, the man with the skills to pay the bills, sending chills from the desert hills all the way out to the Catskills. <laughs> I'm so glad. Whoa, I'm glad nice. I saved you for last. God damn it, I love it. Anyway, <laughs> see Come what if you it. had what if you Come had done Mike first and then you just ended on me and I just said hi. Yeah, see exactly. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. You know, so it, it is what it is. But you know, exciting, exciting episode we got today. We're going over our uh, our actual actual Fed matches, and uh, that that should be that should definitely be interesting because it's uh, a little confusing for <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, but yeah. So we were we were supposed to record yesterday, but I was getting messages about uh, AEW being great, and I just I just watched it before you know a little bit before we uh, recorded today. Um, there were a, a couple of good points, but I don't think it was a, a great of a, a show as uh, maybe some others other people thought it was. I'm going to correct you. I don't think the point was that AEW is a great show. It was just that we record when those shows air. So, which is kind of a dumb way to record, right, as the two. So, because uh, I was watching it as I was texting you, and I certainly wasn't saying it's a great show. I'm just saying, you know, the two most exciting shows weekly are air on Wednesdays, and that's when we're recording. So. That is true. Uh, but I, but did someone like it? Anybody? Because I, I think I'm remembering it correctly. I love dog collar matches. I think they're the best. Well, I want to see them I, I couldn't all the tell. time. The ha- ha- half of that match, I couldn't tell if, if Greg the Hammer Valentine was asleep, dead, or, or just <laughs> squinting because uh, he was so far away from the, the, I love the how, ring. I, love I couldn't how tell. They cut to him. It's like he realized he was on camera and then started weirdly mugging for the camera. <laughs> like the just about to fall asleep. Well, that was the thing. Like, I couldn't tell if he was squinting like, oh, oh, this is hard to watch. Or if he was like, I what are they I, I, what I are can't they see doing? the ring. <laughs> what is, which one is Cody? Which, which I mean, one? Guys, I told you, he looks like an Almond Brother. He just, like the long oh hair, God. he just was sitting by himself. Like, it really looked kind of sad because I, obviously with, uh, social distancing you didn't want anyone by him so he just looked like an old man at like a, a baseball game and like nobody was sitting next to him the only and again really the dis- only thing the only thing he has in common with the almond brothers is that he rambles on his shoot interviews and that's pretty much it <laughs> and, but uh you know it, it, it was an interesting match I, I i don't understand why uh brody didn't ha- you know brody's this big guy like it, i don't understand what the deal is for him just holding it for such a short amount of time, and then for yeah. for Cody to go on to to Orange so quickly, um, it, 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 it maybe the story's not over with him, uh, but you know just just looking at it from the outside in, it just looked it, it just felt very, 
Now, it doesn't really do anything to me personally for Brody. I still see him as this big, impactful guy. Um, I, I, I don't think... Maybe he's hurt. Eh, maybe. Uh, I haven't I read... Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. Um, but... Uh, but honestly, like, I mean, it, it, it was what it was, a, a dog collar match. And obviously you can see the things that go wrong in a dog collar match. The half of the time, uh, the guy from the birdcage is handling the the, uh, the collar, trying to make sure it stays attached. Yeah, I mean, guys, uh, this is a little San Antonio thing. And I don't know, Tank, if you've ever heard of uh, this one club called Temple of Flesh. You oh, that one? you know what's funny? You say that the uh, the the uh, you know I guess uh, my girlfriend non girlfriend that I was watching it with she was like is, does that remind you of Temple of Flesh because I rem- I was telling her about it because <laughs> I used Dude, to go I, that's all I thought about yeah that's all I thought about like all the DJs the goth DJs that just wore leather and were there and and I don't know if I've told this story before but there's this guy local DJ named Eli Bat and I was talking to him having a beer. He goes, oh yeah, I go DJ at, I go spin at Temple of Flesh. I was like, T-O-F. oh that's cool. He goes, yeah. It, he goes, it kind of sucks because like the last DJ, he was behind the booth and he was wearing like a little vest and a hat. And he goes, oh hey man, you're up in five minutes. He goes, oh yeah, cool. Let me just put my records down. And then the guy gets out from under the booth and wearing no, no bottoms, <laughs> nothing. He was just wearing a, a vest and a little hat. And well, that's and, just the kind of club it is. Just to give it some context, Temple of Flesh is a uh, an event for uh, fetishes. Um, <laughs> Adam, do you remember the old guy that would always have the electricity stuff with him? No, <laughs> no. I mean, like, think about. Let me let me just his skin. This, this his skin was so it, like matched his leather vest. Like that's all. I'm gonna say. San Antonio fetishist. Just like think about skin. that. But that's what I thought. Like of just seeing Cody with the black hair and then the leather and then. Um, and then Harper, right? Brody Lee with like, it just, yeah, it was Mondo fetishist. And it was, I kind of took me out of it. So I was just laughing, thinking like if they're listening to alien sex fiend or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, honestly, I did like the Brian cage uh, and I will, will Hobbs hops. Yeah. Will Hobbs. Yeah. Will Hobbs. Great match. I thought it was really good. Uh, really, really, a really, really good match with two big guys to start off AEW. I really thought it was a solid match. It's a match that you kind of don't see a lot. And it's something that me and uh, James harp on a lot, too, as far as seeing big guys again. You know, it's really weird seeing James without a hat. Sorry. It was weird. It was, it was like, distracting me for a little bit. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, the one match I didn't like, and I, I, um, I knew it going in, was the FTR in the Hybrid 2 match. I mean that was oh, yeah. that was just brutal watching that spot monkey fest, and are they worse than private party? Yes, absolutely. No, hold on, no, 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 they're not. The problem is this match. It, it was botchamania, but Jack Evans is probably the most physically gifted wrestler on their entire roster as far as the things he can do. The problem is. Jack Evans doesn't take wrestling as serious as he should and just wants to get his shit in. That's all it was. And this time he was trying to do that without telling a story, which is what he's prone to do. But it was especially bad. But Angelico is actually a good wrestler. He's a good luchador-style wrestler who can tell a story in the ring. He just is partnered with a guy that's all spots and no storytelling. Um, I feel bad because Angelico is actually could 
do something. He's actually pretty good. You know, it, he's a length. He's got a unique build. He's truly athletic. Um, I think he actually is a is a decent worker. But fucking Jack Evans is just a stoner, fucking wise ass who just can't take the the industry serious. He just wants to do cool shit. Um, you know, he's sort of uh, very much like. Uh, 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 oh God, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, the 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 crazy hard the bro. Kid. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, hard T- left Teddy Hart. To, yeah, exactly. It's hard left Teddy Hart. But, uh, <laughs> but I feel bad for Angelico because he's a talented kid. But Jack Evans just doesn't give a shit, and it sometimes it pays off because he does crazy shit. And but what? <laughs> Sorry, but I, was I, my, like, I was telling my dog to go outside. <laughs> I feel like you only see that tag team like every six or seven weeks, whereas at least with Private Party, you see them every week, and they're they're not great, but they're you know what you're going to get, and it's somewhat consistent. These other guys, I just thought, like, I was thinking to myself, who's better, them or Private Party? I, I might give the edge to Private Party. Yeah. I will I will disagree with that, but mainly because, you know, Jack Evans has been around doing his thing for a long time, um, and Private Party are relatively still greenish. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it'd be a close tie for who's the biggest. Uh, I don't want to say spot monkey with uh, this conversation. Wow. But uh, you're always I mean, saying something like you that. Always, you always right have to. I was like, I tried to clarify. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I just didn't. <laughs> I could see people getting angry as they mis- mis- misinterpreting James my words. Dog but, whistle politics once right. again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyways, uh, but yes. Anyways, they're both equally spot-tastic and you know. But yeah. yeah. Real quick, let's go back to Frank Cage. Real quick. Okay. Uh, Meet. Uh, so. You know, I'm a I'm a Cage fan. I'm, I'm, I've you know I'm very vocal that as a wrestler, I'm a fan of his. Um, you know, he's for what he does at his size, he's super impressive. But that fucking pump handle into that face first slam, which I've never seen before, was so goddamn impressive, especially on somebody like Will Hobbs' size and his you know his his uh, he's a it's very a like thin, yeah, very wide. But so I re I rewound that spot like four times. And I was like, man, I wish there was just a gif of this. And sure enough, I'd go on to Instagram today, and Brian Cage himself made a gif of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, he should just ditch his other finisher and make that his finisher because yeah. it's so much impressive. So, yeah. and if you want Will Hobbs, he can pretty much do it on anybody. So I think yeah. I think another thing why another reason why I didn't enjoy it as much I, I just felt like the announced team was off. Uh, yeah, you know, just a little bit off. Well, well, yeah, I mean, they, uh, what, what Ricky Starks comes out and Jr. calls him Ricky oh. Skaggs. <laughs> well, no, no, but you know, on okay, so if you're gonna be on the mic as a heel on commentary, like the only thing that Ricky Starks was saying is like, "Come on, Brian, come on, Cage, <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, come on, get him." Like that's all. That's all he said. Like that's all. <laughs> that you said that because. I was like, they obviously, I think they gave him that spot because he knows he's a good talker. They know he's good on the mic, and they thought maybe he'd be more, you know, assertive, uh, impressive. Yeah. But uh, he was just very much passive in that role. So, <laughs> which sucks for that, just that I think Ricky starts to be. So, but yeah, yeah, he's very like, come yeah. on, man. Come I on. Like Tony Schiavone when he goes, uh, that's man. not Ricky Skaggs, JR. And then he, he's corpses on, like, and the camera gets to him until he just keeps laughing. And, and that's how you start the show. Like, you kind of started like, with a big he's botch. Like, he's like, JR, Ricky Skaggs plays banjo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, JR is getting bad. It's it's you know I wanted to, but no, but still, but still, in comparison to to Michael Cole and Corey Graves, I mean, to me, it's still top tier. Uh, It's a little more looser. It's not as you know corporate. I enjoy it still more than WWE. Nobody respects Jim. I mean, Jim Ross is a legend for a reason. He is the greatest call by call man of our generation. You know, some people can argue. Um. You know, he he learned a lot from people of the previous generation, but he's the greatest at what he does, but or at least was. But this point, man, he's just I don't know if he's checked out or since senility is kicking in. But, dude, he 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 fucks up at least three or four times every episode. So I just don't I think his heart thun in it. And I mean, maybe because he also doesn't have Vince in his ear, but he flubs all the time. He can't remember the name of wrestlers. God bless Jr. But just I mean, he's but done. I still enjoy it. Who and the thing is, it adds that little bit of levity. As long as he's not saying shit like he's hoping girls' clothes fall off. Yeah. I'm okay. Good lord. <laughs> I think like he always struggles with pronouns when during a sunny kiss match. Like, I, I always feel like there's tension. He, he go ahead. So. I'm so glad I'm not the only one that noticed that. Well, okay. Well, well, well before before you go on, what, what is every other time? What's Sunny Kiss's actual pronouns, though? Like, I don't know. That's curious. From what I so I remember hearing in an episode, and I think this will clear it up. Um, somebody actually called out Jr. on it, and he said that he's talked to Sunny Kiss, and that Sunny Kiss identifies with both. Oh, and yes. so that's why he'll kind of flip flop. Oh, that's oh, okay. cool. Yeah, I had to look it up too, like Tanner, like I, I, because it would bother me, or he'd just be like, she is is uh, heading to the ring or uh, to the ropes, and then he'd be like, he comes off the top rope, and I'm like, oh, and like I know, I, I feel you can feel that Jr. is trying to be sensitive and politically correct. He's just not. He's just certain. not. No, so no, no you can just say like, he's oh, just not. To say something like racist <laughs> or bad. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, like the whole theme of uh, of uh, last night's AEW was to celebrate the thirty years of Chris Jericho, uh, which I did. I think you know they did it very subtly. It, they didn't make the whole show about him, which was great. Um, bad match though. Like I get it. Like that was that was the dude that you you know that you started training with. Whatever you know, maybe whatever he first tagged with or something like that. How did they think that match was gonna go? I think that was probably Chris's idea, just to throw a bone to him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, it was it was brutal to watch. Um, I still I still preferred it, you know. I, I still prefer AEW as my you know my main go to show these days. But you know, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. You know, they're not they're not all gonna be winners. Uh, there were some good that I took out from it, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's setting up a really good MJF Chris Jericho match, which I'm excited about. I yeah. think that's gonna be. Um, as uh, as Turdway says, dimes, uh, dimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and did uh, anyone else watch anything else that they wanted to talk about? I'm falling behind uh, on the G1. Oh, okay. As per usual, around this this point of the tournament, uh, I mean, this this past week, I think there were three events in a row. So I fell off for a couple days, and now I'm like 12 hours of wrestling behind. (laughs) So normally what I do at this point in the game is I pick three or four guys, and I just follow their matches throughout the tournament. So I think I'm going to stick with Jay White. I'm going to watch Sonata because I think we got a comeback coming. Um, 
I'm going to watch Osprey. Okay. I'm going to watch I I don't think I'm going to see much from Okada and at least in the in terms of the tournament. So, so I think Who do you have winning? So up until James, I, th- I think it was James that was like, I hope they're doing, you know, a reverse sweep where he loses as many points as he can right at the beginning and then just wins and wins and wins and wins and wins. Um, so up until he suggested that about Sonata, which looks like they might be going that way because he's on a hot streak right now. He's 3-0 and in his past three matches. Um, I think it could be Osprey. Okay. Interesting. I really do. I think with his, his new look, his new size... Um, and no change to his ability. I think that they are going to lean really heavy on him. Um, God, I would love... I mean, I really want Sonata to win. I really do. I really do. But they have burned me so many times (laughs) on him in the G1, so I I just don't want to set myself up to be sad again. Sad times are sad, Tanner. Uh, Mailman, where you at, man? Anything else you, you want to add before we get into our, our fantasy draft? Yeah, no, I, I have a little bit of catching up with the G1 myself to do, but um, genuinely, like, I made a comment on our personal, like, uh, you know, message board through Facebook about how Kyle and Fowler were my, were my personal, you know, match of the year at this point, except in the style of wrestling that I enjoy the most. But I have to make an addendum to that at this point and say that now between Kyle and Balor, go versus the Bushi match in Block A that just happened. Jesus, Lord Almighty in heaven, that was incredible. Um, and both of them, I've watched both of them for years. That performance shouldn't surprise me, but it absolutely did. And I think right now, far and away, you know, again, not going to spoil anything for you guys that still have yet to watch it, you know, for mm-hmm. Tanner who still has yet to watch it. Genuinely, I think by a large margin, it's the best match of the G1 so far. And yes, I realize the matches that have already taken place, the quality of matches that have already taken place, that's how high, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I rate this thing at 24. Like, it's literally one of the best matches I've ever watched. Yeah, one of the best matches I've ever watched. Um, And again, yeah, like, it and still, for me, Kyle and Valor far and away like it's one it's one a and one b at this point for match of the year for me i did see it by the way i, I watched it um wait wait so you said one of the matches in the g1 was the best because I, th- I thought you were talking about uh, well, yeah, uh, that, o'reilly that, and balor yeah the, yeah abushi and shingo from the g1 and o'reilly and balor are oh gotcha okay me. one is one a one is one b for match of the year like it is, would be very hard for me to talk what I what I got out of either of those matches for the physical style that I enjoy watching and that I kind of crave most from the you know the wrestling style I think that I seek out. So both of them really exceeded the expectations I had going in for both matches. And, and like I said, I should know better because both of them are top tier talents. You know, athletically, you know, there is no better. But uh, but yeah, like I was so impressed. And again, it's the little things. I think it's you know just like. Um, going back to AEW, it's the little things that AEW has been getting right, you know, as far as like, you know, the world building. I'm seeing a lot of fans start to pick up on that for AEW um, because of little things like going back to that, uh, the Jericho 30th anniversary segment. If you go back and look, and I had this pointed out to me, I didn't even catch it the first time, but if you go back, <laughs> Wardslow and, and Hager 
never take their eyes off of each other. And I, I had to read that somewhere and then go back and I was like, wow, oh my God. Like it's the little things that if you're, if you're a new viewer to wrestling or if you've been watching it 20, 30, 40 years, like all of us, well, in that same vein, the Shingo uh, Ibushi match, there were moments like um, going back to the, you know, one of, um, uh, well, no, the Jay White Shingo match where there were, you know, again, excellent performance. But there was a moment where Jay goes from, I'm trying to remember the move, and it transitions into Made in Japan, the Shingo's, you know, sit-out kind of suplex pile driver. And watching it back, you know, I guess because, you know, I like to pay so much attention, you can see at one point Jay put his arm kind of in position. Like it was an unnatural spot for him to kind of put his arm in that moment to be like, I'm going to stick my arm between my legs right now because that'll make it easier for Shingo to hit the Made in Japan. Incredible high quality match, but for me, you know, now seeing and looking for, you know, the the bar is so high for New Japan product that I look for things and stuff where I'm like, you know, God, how do they how do they communicate? How do they put these spots together? So when something like that is over or ultra obvious, it sticks out for me. It doesn't ruin the the experience a little bit, but you know, like I have such a high expectation of them that it definitely it definitely makes a mark. Well, by that same token. Ibushi and Shingo, I could not find a moment in that match where it did not feel seamless. Everything fit into place. Ibushi's facials are off of the charts for a talent that is never, you know, that is has is so world renowned for his athletic skill and his like an innate babyface fire. I was so impressed by the facials and his awareness of like camera position, which I know, you know. You know, Uncle Game, Triple H, likes to say of all the guys like Valor and Kushida coming in, that that's not a focus in New Japan. You know, like, that New Japan hasn't focused on that enough, where it's like, oh, we had to teach Valor where the, you know, where to look for the cameras. That Bushi was so spot on, like, it is it is a steamboat-level, flawless, baby-faced performance for me, just because every nuance to it is selling his reactions to move Shinko would do. You know, the, we've all seen in some of these high-flying moving uh, high-flyer matches, and all of them are guilty of it, whether you want to call Jack Evans, Ricochet, Phoenix, Osprey, all of them, even Kenny, if one do this thing where it's like they have their opponent down and they signal like they're going to charge the ropes and come back at them, but their opponent is six inches from them when they're doing it. Like, I'm going to go hit these ropes and come back and knock your ass out. And for me, like, it, you know, that it ruins a little bit of that, like, suspension disbelief where it's like, if this is a fight, why isn't the guy going to, like, rapid punch the idiot right in the back of his head and, like, kind of stop, you know? Yeah. Like, you know they're going to come running back at you and stuff like So it's those moments and stuff, like, again, where psychology should play such a bigger role. Hello? Mailman? Um, but again, the... the Uh-oh. Uh, top-tier takeovers are unmatched for me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, they, they, I'm excited about that Ibushi Takagi match. No, no, you're I'm fine. Sorry, man. I go on my Lewis Black type rants for a little bit. <laughs> oh. you are definitely uh, you are definitely uh, of your brother. I, I, I guarantee you. If you listen to the other shows, you'll hear Jimothy do this the same exact thing. Uh, really? Would be awesome, it, but except 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 he doesn't apologize. <laughs> Never apologize. There's nothing to apologize. Why would I? <laughs> but Tank, yeah, 
take you asked if we'd watch anything else. You want to watch NXT? I actually did yes. watch NXT this morning, and there's one thing I saw that like was cracking my shit up, and it was this Austin Theory versus a guy like <laughs> Leon Ruff, and I'd never seen it before. He's a skinny yeah. little guy, and he was hopping yep. and jumping around and doing these little moves, but it was only like 90 seconds or two minutes, but uh, Leon Ruff like gets onto uh, the the second rope, and I think he's going to try to do like the little catwalk with the Undertaker, but his foot gets stuck, oh, and he man. can't move. It's yeah. like five or six seconds, and all this, you just see Austin Theory like put him over his shoulder and do a Samoan drop, and that's it. Like That's the end of the match. Oh, but I no. laughed. I felt so bad because this guy was hopping around and jumping off the ropes, and he, he was high energy, and he was real skinny and little. Like Put it on, and then you just see him really botch it. Like it looked embarrassing. It's like a, the that video where the kids are that little band is playing, and the kids like keyboard just drops to the floor, oh. and everything just kind of stops. <laughs> and they're like, playing Weezer. Kind of, yeah, that's that's what it felt like. And then I think someone came out to face Austin Theory. I forgot who it was. They had like a, a decent little match, but I felt so bad for that little Leon Ruff uh, or whatever. Uh, Loomis, Dexter Loomis. That's right. Yeah, yeah Dexter Loomis, and that was pretty hard hitting but that poor little guy I but the thing is though it, it, it's funny because it's it was a botch that actually worked in that match because austin theory first off he may he did had that that you know botch or whatever but austin theory timed it perfectly put him right into that uh, someone drop or whatever and went you know immediately got the pin but it, it almost felt like it was on purpose like he's this young guy who's like Full, like athletic and can do all these crazy moves. He's a very skinny dude, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I felt like it actually worked in the match because it, it showed like he's still green and you know maybe he's he needs to uh, be a little bit more experienced and, and less you know uh, jumping around like a crazy person. So I don't know. I, I felt like it worked. Uh, I do want to say that you know Ridge Holland did legitimately get hurt. Um, uh, I don't know if it was his if it was his knee or if it was his hip or something like he tore a, a quad or something, but he did as soon as, as soon as oh, uh, Danny Birch. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but it was actually, uh, uh, only Lorcan who heard it. But, um, but yeah, which is sucks because like right at the beginning of the show, they're basically putting Rich Holland is like, he's basically was like a bounty hunter for, uh, Adam Cole. And like, there was like, obviously they're doing some storyline. That's probably now I'm going to have to take it to the back burner fucking injuries. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a meh episode as far as just, like, um, you know, uh, it was, like, too many. You have, like, Austin Theory has his match, and then Dexter Holland comes out, or uh, Dexter Loomis comes out, and then uh, fucking uh, Cameron Grimes then comes out. It's, like, it was, I don't know, it was it was kind of, like, a weird. Messy. Overall, I didn't, I didn't think it was a great episode, but, you know. Yeah. I think ending with, like, the tag match with, like, Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon yes. and Dakota Kai, I thought... Yeah. That was that okay. Was I didn't think that was like a. But I didn't think it was like a great like way to end NXT. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I it reminded me once again that in all of pro wrestling, I think the most impressive finisher, not just because of the move itself, but how it's performed, is still Ember Moon's um, blockbuster. You, dude, she hits. First off, it's an impressive move, anyways. The athleticism <laughs> takes to do that sort of flip over like that like twist over flip into a stunner that's already impressive but the way that she nails it every single time is with like really like crisp precision i think is really impressive i do think she's a vastly i mean i had 
high hopes for her when she went to uh, the main roster. I don't know why. I don't know how many fucking times can I get fooled. But um, I like was hoping she was going to do something. And then, you know, of course she didn't. Nope. So, I mean, but I'm happy to see her back in, in NXT. I think she's probably one of the most capable actual female wrestlers. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm excited for her. You think she and does it better than uh, Storm, so. Buff Bagwell? What's up? Shut you think up. she does it better than Buff Bagwell? Surprisingly, yes, I do. I don't know about that. Surprisingly. Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Buff has the stuff, man. Always and forever, all right? They can't get enough. Can't get enough. Anyway, we... uh... Let's do a fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think we're going to have enough time for all of us, so we're going to try to get through as many as we can. Let's just do a long episode. Who gives a shit? No, the only people who care anyways are us, so just let's do it. (laughs) You always scold me on that. You're like, who gives a if it's an hour or longer. Know, who cares? <laughs> Nobody's keeping time. So you're going to do the fucking show. You're going to do it now. We'll do it live. People <laughs> listen to this bullshit on the, every week. Oh, my God. They don't care if we're going 20 minutes over. All right. They want to hear they the are, good jokes. They're already masochists to begin with. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, last week, you know, we did a fantasy draft where each one of us had our own, uh, our own promotion or taking over one of the main promotions that we have here, which were Raw and New Japan, AEW, Impact, and, of course, SmackDown. Um, we, each, uh, it, we each drew, what what was it, six or five five wrestlers each. Um, we did six. Okay, we did six. Um, and then off-air, uh, someone came up with the idea to do 20, uh, which then led to more, which I don't even have all of, all of my draft picks. Uh, <laughs> I just have my... It's break. a lot. I just have my 20. And then, of course, we're going to set up a match. Uh, so what we're going to be going over right now is the, the first um, the first five matches of our first day uh, on the job, whether it's a new, uh, you know, we're, we're starting over brand new um, or if we're just taking over and, and seeing how that goes. Um, you know, and we, we designated that, you know, out of the five of us, one of us is going to have a bye week each um, and, and alternate each week. Um, that way they can be the uh, quote-unquote dungeon master as if this could not get nerdier uh, uh, even more. Uh, and that was my idea. I'll, I'll gladly accept that. And um, they're actually going to be the ones who decide who wins in our promotions of the match. So uh, as promoters, we are putting the matches together. Um, but at the end of it, the dungeon master uh, will be uh, deciding who wins these matches. Um, and, and, and I hope you know there's some storyline there, guys. Um, if we, if we can do that, um, if not, that's that's quite all right. I don't have a big storyline for my day one. Uh, we're just getting the talent out there and seeing you know what they can do, and then we'll mold as we go. Um, so uh, be sure to keep track of who wins and who loses for your own your own uh, promotion. That way you, you can carry on the the storyline f- for the next week. Um, everyone on the same page so far. Yep. Awesome. I want to clarify something. Go. The the whole idea is that we're trying to book our own storylines yes. because we're giant marks. Yeah. But it has to pass through somebody every week, and so we just have to take those decisions and then grow a storyline based off of that, whether it is what we initially planned or not. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So hopefully it'll be a giant shit show. Yeah, no, it, it, it already is. There's no way I'm, it's not going to be. I'm so excited to hear these storylines in like three months. Yeah, me too. Um, maybe this this shouldn't be a thing that we do like every every week. Um, you know, uh, in, in case there's something like really important to talk about, uh, we can yeah. do like bi-weekly or yeah. whatever. Or or let me 
let me suggest this. What if we had a second show every week, which oh was just because God knows I don't film enough podcasts. God knows uh, I don't <laughs> film enough podcasts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I'm down with that. Um, even if like people, you know, some of us can't make it on, they can submit our, their stories and then we can read them uh, on the podcast. Or even let's we could do this. We could decide all this stuff off podcast and re, you know read the results on the podcast. Hey, like, that's not a bad idea. Because uh, I do have I do have something to mention here. Um, I'm not sure you know where it's gonna go, but e- e- either the Tank Rodriguez show is leaving uh, this platform, um, or the Stable of Studs is is gonna be its own entity, uh, or the wrestling show itself will turn into Fightcast Wrestling. But I haven't decided that yet. Um, but uh, because it, the wrestling's getting intense, and I think we need to be more focused on that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's uh, you know behind, pulling the curtain a little too far uh, in advance. But breaking kayfabe. Yeah, you know, you know, kayfabe might might or might not be dead. Uh, but let's go and get started. <laughs> uh, so this week's Dungeon Master is none or uh, none none other than the stinky uh, Tanner Turdway. Uh, he uh, he uh, decided to do it, and we really do appreciate that. So, Dungeon Master, I give it to you. So, I volunteered because, uh, you know, obviously we want to have the best storylines. And so, for me, who has no creativity, I need to make sure that I can sabotage everyone else out of the gate so that I have a fighting chance. Absolutely. So, um, we are going to get started, of course, with the flagship because it's on Monday. Um, Monday Night Raw. Okay, cool. Let's let's see what happens on Monday Night Raw. I'm well, excited. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, uh, I do have my matches set up, I, and I, I did have a sort of a storyline, uh, but I scrapped it, man, because um, I'm gonna push it back further. I'm gonna build some build a good story here, and not just uh, uh, put all my eggs in one basket and, and just blow my load on the first show. Uh, so. Uh, I, I do have something set up here, uh, but I, I'm just going to, to uh, you know, uh, get my talent out there. I'm still fresh on the game. I, I don't know. I don't know these individuals too well, um, so I want to see what they can do and see if they can actually draw money. And so, you know, I, I, I'm feeling it out. And the first, the first uh, match that I have, the curtain jerk, uh, if you will, I, I got the question mark versus Heath Slater. Um, it's just an exhibition match. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, just a, just a way to kick off the show. I've heard great things about Heath Slater. And, of course, I know the question mark was way over uh, in, in, in uh, NWA before uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the the Chinese COVID hit. And uh, so, <laughs> hey, I'm running raw here, buddy. All right, pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> living the character yeah there we go uh so yeah i got question mark versus Heath slater just an exhibition match um i you know Heath Heath came 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 to me and was just talking about how you know uh he doesn't have kids anymore uh he he lost him uh, with cps got divorced kind of fell off the wagon and just needed you know needed a helping hand so uh, you know i you know i threw him a bone i threw him a bone and, and see what he can do uh so i, I just want to see who wins that match Cool. I, I do want to, as you said, pull the curtain back. Um, can we make it like an unofficial rule that no storyline is told to the DM whatsoever? Like you can have your storyline written and everything, but no storyline is told to the DM. The and the match, yeah, 
is decided purely on like arguments based on like moves or history or stuff like that. Well, well then that, what's that the would point ha- of yeah, that would have to wait till next week then, pal, because <laughs> you know you're you're uh, re- you're rewriting it as we are live. Well, the thing is too. I mean, we could tell you our storyline, and you can be like, well, you know, that's fine. But well, that's the thing, how- like. Like it's fine that you have a way that you want it to go, but I don't think that should impact the dungeon master's decision. You know what I mean? Like you can argue where you want it to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Like you well, can't say like this is what I want to do, and here's why. You can say like he should win because he he has this move and because he has this advantage, like well, that kind of thing. Oh well, I didn't I didn't prepare any of that like that. I just because my understanding is is that the dungeon master is going to pick anyway, so. Uh, well, yeah. It doesn't but matter. So what... here's how they I can be swayed. Here's how I was uh, approaching this and see if this works. <laughs> We're on the so, first match. <laughs> so how I how, how I assume this was like I was going to give you or whoever's the dungeon master the like going to the match like what the pre-match promo would be or where they are. Is okay. Like, All right. You know, like in this match, like the attitudes of each wrestler going in is this or this is their motivation and letting you decide where it goes okay. from there. Okay. How about this then? You can argue however the fuck you want. How about that? Is that good? All right, let's, let's is that do good it. for everybody? I think that's a lot easier. Thanks. Right, let's do it. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, DM. So it's it's question mark and Heath. Yeah. Correct. Um during the time that I saw him in NWA, I just didn't see anyone that was able to combat his karate. Karate! <laughs> Thank you. Um, so just based on that, I think the win has got to go to the question mark on this one. Uh, and, and just for the record, before you, maybe maybe you'll reconsider here, uh, the question mark actually was found recently to be a fraud of of, of karate. Um, actually just took one, uh, one private lesson uh, from Steven Seagal uh, and told him that it was karate. Oh. Um, in total it's fraud. Definitely not correct. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there before you actually made a final decision. Okay. Uh, but I still will respect your decision either way, DM. Gotcha. I, well, that's the thing. Fraud or not, it, if it is fraud and he has no technique, that makes that throat punch a lot more dangerous, if you ask me. Like, I, I don't okay. think that he knows the pressure points. I think he's just like, I'm going to punch this dude so he can't breathe anymore. Gotcha. So I, I still think that the win has got to go to the question mark on gotcha this one. Got to the question mark. Okay, cool. Not a problem. Uh, we did have a run-in, but we scrapped that run-in for maybe two or three weeks out here, folks. Because um, I, I do want this to be... Uh, I wanted to be a chef's kiss when you watch this. I want you to. I wanted to go from six to midnight in the Adam Danger world here. Oh, my uh, God. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, good shit. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the next match we have... Is uh, we have Seth Rollins of, uh, of of you know such things as the Shield um, and as previously known as the Monday Night Messiah um, versus Shelton Benjamin in the U.S. title match. Uh, there's no again. Uh, this is day one here, DM. Uh, I, I I don't you know have a storyline per se. Uh, Seth Rollins is really amped to impress the new boss. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, you know, ha- has has more better years behind him than ahead of him, uh, but still puts on A1 matches. Uh, you know, he's a great athlete, um, not a lot to prove in the ring. You know you, what you see is what you get, and what you get is a good, solid match each and every time. Um, you know, I'm, I don't, again, you're, you, whatever you decide, DM, I, I'm totally happy with, uh, and I respect your decision here. 
You know, I think I think this is an interesting matchup because it feels like it's almost the same person. Like you have super athletic guys that have a hybrid, like high flying kind of style. Um, but I just think that in this case, Seth Rollins has got the youth. He's got enough youth and enough experience that he's going to catch Shelton uh, off guard during one of those high risk moves, and he's going to pick up the win. Gotcha. Okay, I respect that again. Uh, the next match I got is um, now this is kind of a, a, a prove it to me match. Like prove prove to me you deserve to be on Raw. Uh, we got uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Dalton Castle versus uh, in the in indie darling uh, NWA star as well. We got Eli Drake. And now and now let let me tell you a little bit something about Dalton Castle. Uh, I think he's been overshadowed long enough. And I think I think now it's time to have we have this new flamboyant character uh, since Shawn Michaels uh, has left and retired long ago. It, it's time that we have this new persona here uh, in 2020. Uh, he's a seasoned vet, but uh, and, and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't know it by looking at him. He looks young. He looks fresh. Uh, and, and and what what else is there to say about Eli Drake? Uh, I, I mean, the man is. Is Rick Rick Flair incarnate minus the assholeness behind the scenes? Uh, you know that guy. That guy has paid his dues uh, for the next next two centuries, and, and you know uh, both both have a lot to prove and both have a lot to gain just by being on, on Raw. You know, I've seen a lot of Eli Drake, and I like him. He's he's an extreme talent, um, but for a guy like me who has never seen anything from uh dalton castle i hear his name all the time so that that speaks volumes to me so i i think dalton castle is going to come out strong and pick up a win interesting pick interesting one now let me just say i know for a fact that you know nine times out of ten eli drake's going to pick up the w um now that tenth win uh from dalton castle might be because of cheating i'm just saying it out there but again dm i respect your decision and we're going to go along with it and we're going to move on to the next match, which I have uh, the Briscoe Bros, um, who actually just got out of jail here recently. Uh, it, it may, it, you know, hate crimes are not are not illegal, but crime is regardless. Um, you know, some say it was a hate crime. They definitely I, I, are illegal. Uh, uh, well, no, I mean, a crime is a crime. <laughs> but to, 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 to label it a hate crime, uh, their lawyers are, are, are strongly uh, for, uh, you know, us not saying it was a hate crime. But you know what? They learned from their mistakes. They've, they're better people. Uh, they've gotten their veneers. They went to to Roman Reigns' dentist. They got new teeth. They they're smiling oh. and dialing and re- and ready for profiling on the on the, on the good old on the, the good old television on Raw. Uh, no longer uh, you know going on 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 Fox on, at at three o'clock in the morning for Ring of Honor <laughs> shows. Um, and they're actually going to go up against uh, uh, to me a, a duo that I think a lot of people would respect. And they're going up against MVP and Jay Lethal. I don't think I had to say anything about those two individuals. You know who they are. And again, I'll say it again. What you see is what you get. And what you get is utmost amazing stuff. So, obviously the biggest downfall of the Briscoes uh, is the teeth. So, the fact that they have new teeth now, that's a big thing. I think that that's going to rake in a lot of bucks. Um I, and I think that on top of the combination that MVP and Jay Lethal have never teamed before, I don't think this is the end for Jay Lethal and MVP, but I think they're going to take an L here. Okay. Gotcha. So you're on the side of racism. Cool. Good deal. 
right. No, that makes sense, Tanner. No, 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 I get it. No, no, Tanner, you don't say nothing. I get it. Tanner, Tanner, wow, Shredder, okay. you know. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, you know, <laughs> it, it's been a, a, a pretty much a boring day. You know, we just, we just, you know, just kind of just testing out the talent and seeing how they react to TV. Um, but, you know, we wanted to end it with a bang and, and want, want the viewer to, to, to keep watching and tune in next week to see what happens. Um, so these two individuals, uh, never been, uh, you know, never, well, I wouldn't say never, um, but never had their chance on, 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 on the flagship product of Monday Night Raw. Uh, and, uh, it's going to be for the WWE Championship. And I, I think, um, I think people are going to want to tune into this. Uh, I think they're going to tell their friends. I think they're going to tweet about this and put it on their, uh, on their, uh, their Facebooks and their, uh, their, their, uh, their Instagrams. And uh, and Twitter about this, you know, and use the uh, the pound signs to make it, uh, n- you know, recognizable on the on the uh, social medias. Uh, so uh, we got two great individuals here. We got Nick Aldis versus EC3 for the WWE Championship. Um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, not even going to sound redundant here. You do what you got to do, DM. You know, you have a guy like EC3 who is pretty much the formula for WWE. He yeah. can talk. He's got the look. He he knows cameras. He does the eyebrow thing. Um, but he doesn't have that sort of championship aura about him that Nick Aldis does. Nick Aldis is known for carrying um, the NWA through a pretty not great time for the business. So I think um, the pressure of the win is off of all this and, and the pressure is on EC3. So I think now wait, wait, no, no, wait, I, I, I do want to kind of argue something here. Okay, now, sure. Now, Let's now, hear. now before you actually say anything and before you make an educated decision, which you've been doing all night and I truly respect every decision you've made so far. And I, I will not take that away from you. And I will never take that Skip for granted. Skip the kiss ass part. I will Let's never take that for granted for you, Tanner. Uh, Cause I know how of a great of a person you are inside and out. Now, um, You've been nice on me on, on this. I think I'm going to take my time with this decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so look, Nick Aldis has done it. You know, he's he's captured. You know, the true the true world's heavyweight heavyweight championship, right? And you know, and, and maybe he's like, you know, what well, this is a walk in the park. EC three, like, oh, he was just sitting down his old time. We the, the previous time he was on Raw. What did he? Oh, what what's his his claim to fame? Impact. You know, being related to Dixie Carter, he this is just you know he thinks it's a walk in the park here, but EC3 has so much more to prove than Nick Aldis does. Nick Aldis has done it. EC3 now has you know this big chip on his shoulder where yeah maybe he is nervous, but he also has nothing to lose. So he's gonna go out there and give it his all and give it not even just a call his try. He's gonna like make sure he doesn't he leaves everything out in that ring win or lose. Okay. All right. In in our uh, fantasy wrestling nerd world, um, is Aldis still the NWA champ? Uh, well, through you know, there's a lot of red tape there, Tanner. Uh, you know, legal issues. Um, the NWA title hasn't been brought since Jeff Jarrett was there on Raw when he brought it himself. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of legal issues right now. We're in talks with Billy Corgan. Technically, yes, uh, but we can't present that on our, our show at the moment. Okay. All right. 
if he had the title and he was flaunting it around, I think that would make a big impact. Pun intended. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think you're right. I think EC3 does have a lot to prove, whereas uh, all this is secure, you know, on another brand. So I think uh, EC3 is going to take it. Thank you so much. E- you know, uh, Tanner, again, I don't, I don't care what what Adam says about you when we're not recording. I just want you to know that I – no, 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 no. I just want you to know that I personally, Tank Rodriguez, of the Tank Rodriguez show, the show that you are on, I 100% respect you. Like, no matter what anyone says, like, I don't care. I don't care that, you know, you use just for men. I don't care about that. I mean, whether it's true or not. That's what just, I mean, I'm just telling you what Adam says. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I just want you to know that 100% I respect your decisions, and I want to thank you, and I, I can't wait till next week, and I can't wait till your DM again. This is nice. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I feel eternal... I need a shower after this. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is great, and it's so nice, and I'm so excited for it to completely turn around the next time we record. <laughs> It will not be paid back to you. <laughs> okay. You know, so, all you have to say at that point is receipt. Like, and then I'll understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think I'm going to keep going the order of the week. Um, so is SmackDown on Tuesdays? Am Friday. That up? Friday. Friday. What was the last time you watched SmackDown? Days. Jesus Christ. I haven't. I haven't watched SmackDown. What's on? What's on Tuesday? Something. Some, NWA was on, on Tuesdays, Tuesdays, Wednesday, and now NWA Wednesday is NXT right. and uh, AEW. Okay, then we're moving down to AEW then. So Mike, kiss my ass. All right. <laughs> so, uh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> no, he wants uh, you right. to like figuratively. Uh, he wants you to kiss his ass the way that Tank was just. Yes. Brown nosing. <laughs> yes. Embarrassing. <laughs> So really been, you know, I've been trying to kind of examine, like, I wanted to take AEW from day one, so I'm clearing the slate. There is there is no Moxley, there's no MJF, there's no Jericho in my territory. Okay. We're, introducing, we're introducing the performers of AEW to the world, to North America, to live television from day one. And I initially thought, like, I wanted to kind of go with uh, an eight-man tournament you know, an invitation tournament. I, I included that in our message board chat uh, with, you know, eight stars that I really felt like I could build upon and, you know, take interesting directions. But then I thought, no matter what way I do that with, the initial four of the initial eight are going to be dropping falls right out of the But it's a lot better of that, you know, kind of of two minds. One since AEW had this mission to be this sports-oriented, you know, style of presentation of wrestling, I thought of the eight-man tournament, what if each match in the tournament was two out of three falls, you know, to really take it, like, you know, the World Series is seven games. Well, this is for, you know, in AEW's world, the richest prize they have to offer. What if, you know, each match was two out of three falls that way? You can protect the loser, a little bit better, like if if my first match, well, the first match I had out of the gate, for example, was Jay White versus Johnny Gargano. And in order to not bury Gargano, I could essentially, you know, if I'm DMing my own promotion, let's say, I could have Gargano take the first fall, but Jay take the next two in the sense that, like, you know, 
if it was a one-on-one, I protected Gargano by, you know, if it was a one-on-one, one-fall match, Gargano would have won it. But because it was a, a marathon, like Okada and, and Omega was, like, the, the, the better stamina won at the end of the day, and White took it, you know, two falls to one. So that was one way I was thinking of going. But instead, you know, I really, really enjoyed, again, like I highlighted earlier on, I enjoy the physical style of wrestling, and I enjoy, you know, the emotional investment. So I really want to model the start of AEW after the Cruiserweight Classic. And so each individual, I really wanted to spend time, like, introducing them to the audience, like, here's who their motivation was. And, you know, Will Ospreay fell in love with wrestling, watching, you know, Joe Styles and Daniels, you know, at, uh, in the X Division freeway, and you know, here's who, you know, Cesaro was, and that kind of a thing. So, um, right out of the gate, you know, wanted to introduce some new talents, you know, but still have an exciting, uh, fast-paced wrestling style, which JW has embodied in many ways. So, match number one out of the gate to introduce my talents to the world. I'm going. Uh, Swerve Strickland or Isaiah Scott, whichever name you prefer he goes by, versus Ricochet right out of the gate. So that was my that was my first match to have high flying, you know, some new faces that maybe, you know, younger fans could relate to, two guys in their mid twenties, you know, something exciting, you know, both of them great looking guys, um, you know, good bodies, good charisma with the crowd. Um, so wanted to kind of start that off. You know, this one I'm not super familiar with Isaiah Scott. I've seen some of his stuff and it's been fun to watch. Um, but I think at face value, Ricochet is, is the clear pick to win this one, at least in their initial encounter. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to take Ricochet for the win. I, lo- I like that. I like that because, you know, the thing with, with Strickland or Isaiah Scott like they've never, no company he's worked for has really done a good job explaining the nickname Swerve, and I really wanted to take him in a direction of like somebody that maybe you can't trust 100%, like maybe always has a motive in the background, so I thought, you know, like the first loss being to Ricochet, I think could frustrate him a little bit, and maybe, you know, maybe in the back of his mind, I need to take a darker path, so I like that, I like where you're going with that, that's, I I think, a great choice. Match number two, you know, as it's a tag team fed you know, in its own right, I want to give uh, the fans a matchup, first-time matchup that maybe they've never seen before, um, never had the opportunity before, and especially because it's kind of been in the news as of late that the participants are very much interested in putting that match on, and it just got, got so irresistible, I couldn't help but put it on my first show. We're going to go FTR versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Interesting, interesting. Um, you know, for the guy that's running Impact, I don't watch a lot of it. <laughs> I don't watch much, so I'm not that, that too familiar sense. with that those makes guys. That makes sense. I get it. Um, so, <laughs> sell me on them. Like, like I don't, I don't know anything about them. I don't think I've seen a single match of theirs. So, so sell me on why they should stand up to a team that I'm very familiar with and that I know is at the top of the tag team game. Well, you know. Alex Shelley, obviously, from his years in New Japan with Kushida as the time splitters. And I think he and Chris Saban, uh, two guys that grew up in and around the Detroit slash Ontario wrestling scene, you know, via Scott Demore's uh, presence and uh, participation in leading wrestling in that era. Both of them, um, genuine, the love of the business really just comes out of both of them. They exude it. Um, Shelley 
is Shelly is a highly educated man and is actually, I believe, has a degree in physical therapy. Um, so he does this because he loves it and he gives back. And he's, as of the moment, Saban is locked down. I'm going to take a little bite out of real reality with uh, impact and kind of tie that to my, my promotion in AEW. Saban is locked down, is under a deal. Shelly is not. And so, you know. loves Chris Saban and much of like what actually happened in Impact. So um, he's, he's an excellent talent, but he's definitely not someone that wants to be tied down, where Saban is really looking for the, his major league break. He's always been on, you know, the cusp of ROH, the cusp of, you know, the main event here in, uh, in Impact. But he's never had that blessing by the big two, WWE or AEW, for that top-tier spot. And so this, this is his opportunity to make his name and make his name known on a nationwide, nationwide high-penetration cable network. So the, the two of them have impeccable teamwork. Both are older guys, though, truth be told. It's of Shelly and Saban, I want to say, are north of 35, um, whereas, you know, the, the FTR, you know, are still in the early 30s, younger guys, even though they don't look it, but they've been around the block. So um, both, have, uh, both have been teaming a while, but I think the MCMGs have a little nudge on the revival for the length of years that they've been paired together. Interesting. I'm familiar with Shelly and his and his teamwork with Kushida. So the fact that this guy was able to get not one but two tag teams over uh, says a lot to me. So I think I think I, I think I'm going to give him an upset. I think they're going to pick up a win over FTR. I, I like that. No, I do. I'm a big fan of the guns and really wanted them, you know, positioned high in my tag team roster, so I dig that very, very much. Um, next, uh, really wanted to show what this individual could do. Like, you know, you guys heard me in the episode with uh, Paperboy Buck. Uh, shout out to the Paperboy. Um, Paperboy. We are huge fans of this talent. Paperboy! We are huge <laughs> fans of this talent, and right, rightfully so, I believe. I think we haven't seen the absolute utmost of what this individual is capable of. I highlighted in our, again in our chat that I really could see this in person really being taken in the direction of an in-ring taskmaster um, in that this is someone that can adapt to any style. He can work a stronger, snug physical style as evidenced in his time in Noah, Japan. He uh, learned with Chris Hero under Skyda, the infamous uh, luchador that was a huge part of Chikara's early days. Um, he's, you know, extremely adept in the catch-can style of uh, European wrestling. So um, the rechristened Claudio Cesaro uh, will have a match with the uh, the human dynamo himself, Darby Allen. You know, again, this one seems pretty clear-cut. I don't see Cesaro losing this one. I think Darby um, benefits the most from being that underdog, and so I think he's got to take a loss up front, and Cesaro, God knows, needs a fucking win. Right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Your mouth to God's ears, my friend. Um, <laughs> but uh, match, match four, <laughs> match four, like I really, I've been watching more and more, and it started on the episodes where we talked about that, you know, at one time I think his selling was definitely in question. But since the move to SmackDown, I have to say I've seen a marked improvement. And I think that comes back to, you know, the work with the agents and the television you know, the, the importance of kind of working in a live television that Vince has his thumb on. Um, and having seen that, I, you know, uh, like, I am I got to grow up, you know, again, not only a fan of, of wrestling, I got to 
get to know um, uh, the legendary wrestling trainer, Mr. Bill Anderson. Um, Mr. Bill Anderson, the trainer of Sting and uh, the Ultimate Warrior, and a number of people. And, you know, I got in Christopher Daniels. That's how I got to meet Christopher for the first time. And growing up around his school or getting to go to his school, I heard him teach his talents that for a match to really be good and, and to be as good as possible, the heel has to lead it. And so really he, he used like the Crockett era to really show, like if you look at the heels at the peak of the Crockett era, Flair, the Midnight Express, Tully Arn, right on down the line, was the best workers, you know, on the, on the roster because they could go with anyone. So I really, in, in thinking about that, like I was trying to think like, how can I, how can I get a heel to really stand out and stuff? Because I think that the, the role of the heel, you know, much like how it's MJF, you know, much how Jay White, New Japan, Sami Zayn on SmackDown, it's it's they're really the one that moves the needle and can get a decent baby face over. So I'm really kind of looking to take Riddle, Matt Riddle, in down the heel direction a little bit. I think initially, you know, the bro, you know, uh, easygoing, smiley, happy um, bro character and stuff. I think I think that's great. I think that's who he is. But I think it has a shelf life to it. Initially, eventually, I think folks are going to kind of be like, okay, enough of this, you know, Lorenz Spicoli act. Like, what can this guy do? And I, when he gets <laughs> angry, there's a look that comes across his face that you can see there's something deep inside this dude. And there's something I think that's been untapped. So um, I'm going to put him against the guy that is James had, uh, had so uh, eloquently put, I think is better in the baby face role and maybe fighting from underneath. Um, in a match that I really wanted to see before Riddle left uh, left NXT, so I am going to go Riddle and Johnny Gargano. All right, okay. Uh, I hate babyface Jar- uh, Johnny Gargano. I hate him. I hate, I hate Johnny Gargano. Period. I I hate him. I think I I don't know what else. I hate him. Um, I'm not the biggest Riddle fan either. I know that Gargano handles that spotlight um, a little too often, if I might say. He's fucking, what, Gargano Ciampa 7, I think we're on. I think we're on number 7 now. But I don't know. I, th- I think it's interesting. If we're coming out of the gate with Riddle as a heel... Um, I don't see him being the type to take a loss and then get frustrated and cheat. I think he's more the heel to beat somebody up until it's uncomfortable. So I'm going to have Riddle picking up a win on this one. I like that. That's exactly kind of where my head was on that one. That's, you read my mind perfectly on that. Love it. Um, and the, the main event, because I really kind of wanted to, you know, I wanted to tell the tale it's all elite wrestling. And I think, they're really just now starting to kind of figure out like how the guys are going to kind of get be perceived from a bigger audience. You know, like I, at first when AEW started, the last thing I could really picture was, you know, the Bucks and Kenny and these guys ever perceived as heels. Cause I'm like, these are the audience they drew in, but, and, and this is the hardcore fan base that wants to cheer these guys. But real, you know, the reality is, you know, you look at the giant, giant baby faces in our industry and like you know be it stone cold be it the rock they really put the exclamation point on their careers with a strong heel run and i think it's important you know to kind of like to play off of the young bucks being like the you know the the expectation i think a lot of fans had going into AEW 
was like, is this going to be like the, because it's all elite wrestling, is this going to be the all elite show, you know, and kind of like every episode is going to be a main event of theirs. And I think there's something to play off of that. Again, like I think, you know, kind of playing off fans' expectations a little bit, you know, a little nuance, like, oh, first episode out of the gate, the Bucks are in the main event. Interesting. Okay. Just, just to kind of leave the taste in everyone's mouth. But, um, but I wanted to kind of pair, you know, establish some friendships too. I, you know, really wanted to have something organic there that so fans could kind of recognize, you know, the start of some lines being drawn. So my main was actually going to be Nick and Matt Jackson teaming with a certain Adam Cole, baby, versus the limit, Limitless One himself, Keith Lee, and two uh, very good friends of his, as I understand, Ray Rowe and Warbeard Hansen, the War Machine. Okay, all right. Like that. Being that it is the Young Bucks show, get him cage, uh, and that Adam Cole thrives as a heel, uh, I think <laughs> the motivation for further shows has to be with the Bucks and Cole. So I think they're going to pick up a win uh, and set up Keith Lee to you know overcome the bad guy. Fantastic! Right. I like it. I could go either way on that one and stuff too. I was like. I was perfectly happy with whatever way the coin fell on that one. So, excellent job. I'm loving it. Good show. Good show. All right. Uh, SmackDown. Mr. Dean. Wake here. Oh, he's he, he is here. I thought he fell asleep. No. Him and Greg. Smackdown. Him and Greg the Hammer him and Valentine, Greg Valentine are hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a nap together. <laughs> hey, did y'all ever uh, see that picture of him in a... Uh, and and beefcake together, will you be my Valentine and say? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first episode of SmackDown, uh, and with my roster, uh, this is what I want to. You know, I just kind of put the matches together. I didn't put a whole lot of uh, extraneous uh, thought into this. I just kind of thought. You know, let's just put these matches. Let's just see what happens. He knew that Tanner. He knew that Tanner was going to be the DM. And he could give two shits about it. So I'm just saying that Tanner. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. He was like, he's like, I'm. I'm just going to throw matches together. Nothing matters. Nothing we're, matters just we're just going to wait till next week. Exactly. This is SmackDown after all. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start off the show a dark match with Gato versus John Silver. Did you just uh, call him fucking Gato? Gato. Hiroki uh, Goto. These were just people that were given to me as a hodgepodge, and I was like, "Well, let's just oh let's my give them some God, run." You put Goto on a dark match <laughs> with this guy John Silver. Uh, you know, he seems like he's a little guy. I had to Google these guys just to see like what they look like and how Goto old wins. They were. And... Okay, so we got Goto uh, starting off the show. I've got uh, Eddie Kingston facing the Velveteen Dream. Uh, I think, oh uh, man, oh jeez, I I want that. To be a as uncomfortable match. as a beating as That's it a sounds, shoe match right there. Uh, Kingston easily. All right, uh, women. <laughs> we have Alexa Bliss facing Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I think that could be a very good, uh, good match. Alexa not being as tall as Tessa. Tessa being this kind of, uh, you know, with regards to the women's division, she'd be like a Braun Strowman. She'd just be huge, and uh, so I'd want to see kind of. I'd like to see Alexa just kind of 
try to chop the tree down and just kind of take some punishment. But, uh, you know, I think that'd be a good... Verbally as well, right? Him. I'm assuming verbal yeah, punishment I think as could, well. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Alexa, I really like Alexa, uh, but I think seeing that would be a good, uh, good match. So Alexa Bliss, Tessa Blanchard. I like the idea of Tessa leaning, like, all right, so you always see guys like Jericho, um, you know, keep up the heel gimmick uh, in real life, you know what I mean? He'll he'll be a shithead to the fans. So I like the idea of Tessa just being like, I'm I'm not gonna bother with the gimmick. So she's just a, a real life shithead, twenty four seven, and she's gonna shoot on on Alexa Bliss, who was supposed to pick up the win, but does not because Tessa Blanchard is a shithead. So Tessa Blanchard for the win. Tessa Blanchard going over. Oh, so basically, uh, she's, so she's gonna be herself then, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah, is she gimmick? Is she a stormfront Tessa Blanchard? Oh God! Oh, oh boy! Uh, Moving off of that match, we have uh, a Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's coming out and kind of giving a promo when he is rudely interrupted by one Ziggy Dice. Oh, good lord! Impromptu match. You know, give that match, Sami Zayn. Please give that match to Ziggy. Well, hang on, hang on. I like the idea of Sami Zayn coming out, being the babyface. He is a good babyface. He's a great heel, but he's still a good babyface. And Ziggy Dice coming out, doing his Ziggy Dice shit. What, what was his catchphrase? Uh, the Dice Outlandish. 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 Um, I would like to see Ziggy Dice um, grab a big old handful of tights and, and take a win here. All right. Well, there you go. We've got that here. Now we're moving up to a, uh, a tag team match. I have Pentagon and Phoenix facing Joey Ryan and Rich Swan. Good Lord. <laughs> you know, wow. if this if this was an intergender match, uh, Swan and Ryan would pick up the win very easily. They, they would absolutely take that win. I mean, they beat um, away the competition. They do, they do, especially on unsuspecting opponents. Um, so typically, they have that surprise advantage. But I think in well, this typically case, typically Swan is actually dating the one. <laughs> I thought he was married. I thought he beat up or his married. wife. He's married. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't remember. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think this is another karma one, and it'll it'll stay a karma one for as long as I'm DM of your matches. Uh, <laughs> Rich Swan and Joey Ryan take a big old loss great i'm, I'm fine Can with the gun break joey's arm before the match is over <laughs> uh, he, he breaks it backstage after the match i would i would like you to know that i do take the uh, i do take the approach that we remove the mats from around the ring because this is for real men just like uh what was it cowboy uh bill watts now we have another segment where MJF uh, is uh, railing on the, uh, on the fans here and how stupid they are, how bumpkin they are, and how they'll never be uh, as astute and classy as he is. To wit, uh, Trevor Murdoch comes out, uh, and Trevor Murdoch and faces MJF. Oh, wow. I like it. Yeah, That's a match. That's a match I want to see. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. 
MJF is a heel that can lose without losing credibility. Um, I I just God, I want to see Murdoch just literally sit on him for a pin. I want to <laughs> see that happen. So I Trevor Murdoch's gonna sit on him now. Hey, well, now now wait a minute, DM here, and again, not to not to be rude, not to rudely interrupt you. I apologize for interrupting so many times here. Uh, and I just want want you to keep in mind here. You know, it doesn't have to be wins or losses. It could be countouts, could be disqualifications. You know, just because uh, Trevor Murdoch was the clear winner here, uh, sure. maybe maybe MJF got under his skin and just where he just maybe wouldn't so. wouldn't wouldn't let go out of that five count. You know, just just choked him to death. Maybe so. Maybe I'll just pick up the win over EC3. Well, no, we, he does. Well, we already we already decided that, sir. And I, I just wanted to say that our, our decisions have been finalized as we moved on to different promotions. But I just wanted to remind you, oh holy one, uh, that uh, uh, that you know, uh, you know, there are other 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 things besides wins and losses. There, are, there are. Um, yeah, no, yeah, credit where credit's due. Like we've had uh, all clean finishes on these shows, so. We know we know the style of wrestling that Tanner enjoys the most, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I like I like very cut and dry. Who wins? Who loses? I don't like the nonsense, but I I think I'm I'm gonna stick with this one because I like the idea of MJF getting really petty and upset that he lost to Trevor Murdoch and he keeps coming back to him. Um, so I I still think that Murdoch Mur- and God Murdoch needs a win too. He needs it. He needs a big old win. I don't think he's the kind of guy um, that you can really build with. I think he needs a win initially because he's not the kind of guy that you can really put on a T-shirt. He's had one T-shirt that was pretty good, I've heard. Um, but I don't know. He just doesn't have that kind of that kind of image. So I, I think he's got to pick up a win over MJF. I think MJF can uh, bounce back and continuously... Uh, I don't know, punch me in the belly. I think it'll be good. Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> and our main event is going to be a six-man tag team match with Roman and the Usos, who formed a, a stable of uh, a family stable here, versus Cody Rhodes, AJ, and Finn Balor. Six-man tag for the main event. This is SmackDown. Oh. <laughs> with a special referee of Tomatonga. Okay, all right. I want so to see I see where you're going. Tama if, Tonga? Is, uh, Teddy, go. is Teddy Long your fucking GM? <laughs> but I want Tonga to have to decide: is he going to stick with? Is he going to stick with like Samoan heritage and and you know uh, oh people God. that he feels like, or does he stick with Bullet Club? Okay, so Adam, tell me again: the other Mark, team. You just Mark Bernard into your show, man. You just <laughs> sold me a ticket, brother. Exactly. It's the Usos so it's, and it's, Reigns. Versus Cody, AJ, and Finn, and Tonga's the referee. Okay. You know, I like the idea of the build towards Tonga versus Reigns. I like that a lot. I think it it would be a lot more interesting than than the remnants of Bullet Club imploding. Um, Yeah, that's genius, dude. So, I think that... uh, Tomatonga is going to give a clean win. Uh, he specifically doesn't cheat to give Bullet Club the win. He gives a clean win uh, to the Usos and Reigns. And they go to like high-five him and everything. And he's like, nah, just doing my job. And I'm not your friend. 
and then it leaves. I'm not your buddy, pal. I'm not your pal, buddy. I'm not your friend. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not your guy, Oose. <laughs> I'm not your Oose, Oose. There you go. <laughs> I, exactly. Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> I'm not your Oose, Oose. <laughs> Table of studs right. with the Ocean uh, Eleven reference. Good show. Yeah. Good show. I'm I'm excited to hear about a million triple threat matches on New Japan. No, no, that's not this week. <laughs> no, that's not, okay. Never mind. I was confused. No. So okay. So my. So, oh wait. Match... Well, well. I just want to say for the last hour of our segment, I guess we're going to go over New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> this will be quick. I'm just, play, I'm well, just playing. Hey, it's up to me if it's quick or not. Exactly. This is my favorite part. All right. All right. So, uh, in this point, this is our my first match. But in this, like, you know, the this New universe. Japan's been around for a while. But it's sort of like a new season, a new era. So, but opening match is Ricky Starks versus Chad Gable. They're actually the two newest uh, North American uh, wrestlers who have been signed. So they're both sort of making their New Japan debut. Uh, going into the match, Ricky Starks has been very vocal that Chad Gable has no charisma. He's not a star. He has no star power. And that Ricky Starks is just going to dance around him this whole match. Uh, meanwhile, Chad Gable has been very much very early. About it, how much he respects New Japan, the history of New Japan, how it's been his lifelong dream to be uh, IWGP champion, uh, uh, and you know he's very much a, a student of New Japan, and he's very earnest. While Ricky Starks has been very much like Chad Gable's a chump, he's not a star, nobody's going to pay money to see Chad Gable. I'm Ricky Starks, I'm pretty Ricky, uh, I'm the future of this company. So that's sort of their uh, where they are mentally going into this match. Okay. Knowing the New Japan audience uh, and knowing just kind of the mindset of of how stories progress, I don't think that Gable picking up the win here is the payoff. I don't, I don't think that it's a payoff in any sense. So I think Gable picks up the initial win. Okay. Gable goes over in this one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. So uh, second round match or second match uh, is Thatcher versus Naito. So going to this, Thatcher's actually been oh. on a, Thatcher's been on a tear. He's actually been <laughs> moving up the ranks to uh, be with. What what happened? What did I miss? Uh, just, uh, no. You missed your brother creaming his just pants. Just creaming his pants like like there. every sentence. You're like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so Thatcher's going into this. Uh, he's on a tear. He actually he com- has no respect for Naito. He thinks Naito's whole fucking attitude is a joke. He doesn't. He you know he thinks the whole Tranquilo thing is obnoxious, and he he doesn't take him seriously. He doesn't think he's a legitimate competition. Uh, meanwhile, Naito's going into this match as Naito. He he doesn't actually he doesn't care about Thatcher. Um, he's sort of uh, uh, he's not taking the match super seriously because he doesn't think Thatcher's on his level. So that's where they are going into this match. Okay. You know, Naito being a consistent fan favorite um, for not giving a shit, um, I think kind of he operates best as the guy who is... It it feels weird to describe him as an underdog because he's not, but he's the guy that loses a lot, you know? So I think that... I think Thatcher will pick up a win over him tonight right. and make some people angry. All right. I love you, Tanner. Yeah, and Thatcher, 
That that plays into some plans I have with Thatcher. Okay, so my third round match is uh, Master Wato versus Flamita. So going to this, Flamita's head is not in this match. He's more concerned with his current feud with Dragon Lee and they, they, what they have going on. Um, meanwhile, Master Wato is really trying to move up the ranks. He wants. He's trying to be. He's still. You know. He's still in this kind of freshly out of being a young lion. He, he really wants people to take him seriously and to uh, be considered one of their top guys. So, uh, you know, going into this, they have different motives. You know, Flamingo wants us to get the win so he can get his hands on Dragon Lee. Meanwhile, Master Wado just needs the win because he wants to prove to people that he's a top guy. Well, being that Master Wado is a master. That's right. Um, this is definitely <laughs> a mismatch. Um. <laughs> I think the lack of focus on Flamita's part will cost him the win here. I think that uh, I think Master Wado is going to win. I think he's going to get up on the turnbuckle and he's going to kind of forget which way the camera is and he's going to kind of blankly stare at it with his little pose that he does and it's going to be really uh, <laughs> awkward and confusing to look at except he's going to have a little smile on his face and it'll be good. So Wato goes over. Wato goes over. All right, sounds good. All right, so for the f- uh, fourth match, so it's Pete Dunn versus Brian Danielson. Oh so my. at this point, oh <laughs> at this point, Brian Danielson is reigning uh, uh, U.S. champion. Uh, he's actually comes out with Who is Brian Pete Danielson. Danielson's oh, so Danielson's oh. coming out oh. with his newly formed faction, Dragons of the World, which is. He's the captain of. He's not the general of. There is an unspoken general at this point, okay. but Danielson is the okay. captain, flanked by Dragonoff and Dragon Lee. So they are dragons of the world. Um, Brian Danielson has been a dominant U.S. champion, but Pete Dunne has no respect for the U.S. championship to the point he actually, when this match came up, he's like, "I don't even want the U.S. championship on the line." I don't give a shit about the U.S. championship. I am headed for the junior championship. The U.S. championship is a joke to me. I don't want it. Even if you gave it to me, I'd throw it away. I just want to beat Danielson to prove that I'm better than Brian Danielson and that I deserve a shot at the title. Um, so that's where we're at. That's, the title. that's right. Yeah, Brian, Brian's the title. So that's an incredible story. This is a tough Dragon. one. Dragon. This Dragon. is a tough one. Dragon. Um, I like I like the knowledge that Pete Dunn uh, does not give a shit about the U.S. title. Um, as How about you as make a, him give a shit, Tanner? An, an angry Brit. Um, that that's right on right on character. I like it a lot. Um, you know, make him give. There's a shit. something about New Japan and respect a bunch of foreign dudes that come to the ring together the numbers game i think that danielson gets under the skin of pete dunn Um, i think initially dunn just wants to get the match over with i don't think he even wants to fight him he wants he wants to just get this over with so that he can move on um i think I think Danielson gets under his skin. I think he incurs a beating. And I think the other dragons uh, interfere. And they they give Brian the win here. All right, that's, uh, and he retains. 
That's good because that's 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 progressing a storyline that I'm building. So that's good. I, 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 I already that. know it. I Never mind then. I, I see. No, no, no. You already said it, fucker. I, <laughs> I I I, 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 I I like that storyline, Jimothy, a lot, and I'm glad that he chose him. I'm glad he chose Danielson to win because I, I I think I know where you're going with it. And it's brilliant. It's gonna be fun. It's brilliant. Right. It's really good. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, our uh, our main event is actually the, the never open weight. It's actually a title match. It's a championship match. Uh, Minoru Suzuki is the reigning champion versus Evil. Going to this match, Minoru Suzuki actually asked for this match. He he's chasing Evil. Uh, Evil has actually been before this has actually been in a so small feud with Sonata, uh, but Mizoru Suzuki keeps calling him out. He's making he makes fun of him. He's like, "You're not evil. You don't deserve that name." He's like, "You haven't reached the level to be truly evil. You're not the Prince of Darkness. I'm the Prince of Darkness. You're not shit, and I'm going to teach you what it means to be evil. I'm going to break you down." And so going into this, like e- Evil's sort of Minoru Suzuki's gotten under his skin a little bit, um, and. Uh, He's at this point, he's already lost to Minoru Suzuki once going into this in a non-title match. So in going to this, like, Evil sort of uh, is a little shaken at this point, and he's almost been a little bullied by Suzuki. Uh, so that's where we are going into this match. I like this. I like this. I like that Suzuki is chasing after him with the title just because he doesn't like him. I think that's very Suzuki. Um, is So... You mentioned that that all the old all the old factions are gone. So this is not Bullet Club evil. Then this is nope. just straight up Prince Ammo of Darkness Lodge. evil. Yeah. Okay. Ammo. Yes. Correct. Um, hmm. Being that evil. Evil gets to put his sickle in Io Shirai. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. I think th- okay, so I th- I think that if this is not um, uber confident Bullet Club evil, um, I don't see him win a lot of those um, tit for tat matches where they just throw uh, until one guy can't stand anymore. I don't see him win a lot of those. I see Suzuki win those all the time. So I think he's going to continue to get under his skin. I think he's going to cause. Uh, I think he's going to get frustrated and angry and make mistakes, and I think Suzuki's going to retain. Perfect. I uh, fully agree with that decision. That also builds something I'm doing. Great. I'm fully happy with these wins. Thank you, Tanner. <laughs> this is fun. I like yeah. this. And so while we're at Everybody's it... Everybody's nice to me. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, go fuck really yourself, Tanner. Idea. You fucking See, asshole. There it is. I there hate is. you. There it is. <laughs> I enjoyed it while I, I, I'm kidding. I respect your decision still, <laughs> sir. I humbly accept. So what are we doing with Impact? Oh, uh, no. Next week. Next week. It is by this okay. week. So. Next week, somebody else will rule what happens in my matches. And that person right. so I'll, is... I'll be a week behind. Adam oh, no. is Dungeon... Oh, Adam's <laughs> the Dungeon Master! <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to just... I'm going to pick shit. I'm going to be like, this is going to be Car Crash TV, Vince God Russo, Ed Ferrara kind of stuff. It's Impact, so. Yeah. Constant heel face changes. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Well, 
It's going to be a good time. Well, I want to thank everybody, uh, you know, for for actually collectively putting your uh, some time and effort in into these uh, into these uh, you know these matches here. It, that was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so I'm I'm really 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 happy where this is going. Maybe it is going to be its own episode because I think it does take a lot of time, and it's going to allow us more time to actually elaborate on these things. Uh, but yeah, no, if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow us. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, at TankRodPod. Let us know what you thought of our picks today in our matches. Uh, you know, and, and give Tanner some love here uh, for being a great dungeon master for the first time. Congratulations. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and also, if you want to, uh, you know, if you support the show, be, feel free to follow us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review. Uh, yeah, but, you know, this has been uh, the Stable of Studs. Uh, wrestling podcast and for me Tanner Treadway the DM today Jimothy James Dean Mailman Mike and Adam freaking Danger who also has a, his podcast of his own Adam Danger Productions please go check that out it's a brilliant show uh, you will not be, be disappointed it's on uh, Spotify and on uh, a- Apple Podcasts as well but again this has been the Stable of Studs we'll see you next time folks woo Good shit. Good shit. Nice.